Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader. And in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult. And, and I just want to find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Gloria Nessich. Gloria is an entrepreneur behind the Lyron Empress Designs, and I'm really excited to chat with her. Gloria, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Turner. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you. Appreciate you coming on. And uh, first of all, can you just let people know a little bit about, uh, about what you do? Oh, well, um, and the corporate side, I'm actually a technical project manager. Right now, though, I am focused on going back 22 years into um, my passion, which is art and exclusively art and sketching and um, watercolors and paint in general. And I'm trying to incorporate that uh, along with uh, my children who are also artists. So I've built um, this design concept um, with them in mind and hopefully I'll be able to transfer that to them in the future. I love that. That's a wonderful, uh, yeah, that's just, that's just a wonderful story. And uh, speaking of stories, it's great to get to know a little bit about you. So tell us about Gloria, you know, even as far back as, as when you were, you know, growing up, what are some of the stories that, that come to mind that have really shaped you becoming the, the person and the leader you are today, Gloria? Well, in the short term, I, I grew up an only child of a 1968 Olympic selected swimmer who is also an Oxford graduated CPA. So literally there was, there could be nothing less than for me to be successful, right? Yeah, wow. <laughs> <laughs> However, you know, that, that success, it, what it entails in the past towards what uh, one may consider a success is truly a personal journey. So for me, a career having a front row voice was truly not something that appealed to me. I mean, my personality itself as an INTJ is I like to work in the shadows. I like to be behind everything. So even right now, like this gives me stage fright, right? <laughs> but we have to work through those fears. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and so we, we work through those fears and, and through my personal journey, I've seen that what is most important to me is seeing others succeed. Yeah. And being able to hone into their personal talents. So I shine only if everyone else shines. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I shine only if everyone else shines. Um, so growing up and, and um, wow, that's, I, I really, I really love how you so succinctly, um, you know, started by, by pointing out, you know, growing up um, with, with that, yeah, just with that incredible um, success in, you know, in, um, in your parents' life, that's, that's, that's really, uh, I can imagine can create a bit of a shadow to, to put some pressure on. Um, when you think back to those years, was there anything in particular, are there any real pivotal moments for you where you remember, um, like for some reason it's really stuck with you. It's been, it was a really meaningful moment in, in shaping you into the person you are today. That was definitely like, there's so many of them. Um, 
my mother uh, is uh, manic depressive. And the reason for that is through her own personal journey, she had mm -hmm. many, many, many failures along the way after great success. So the unfortunate yeah. part with that is that these occurred to her as she was already a mother. In turn, like I got to see, I knew about all her back history, but I got to see the worst of it. And uh, wow. with that said, you have to have a certain maturity level to truly appreciate and understand not just their your parents journey, but also what they're giving to you. And as an observer, once more, you mm. have to learn that there's things that you cannot take personally and you have to be more understanding of others. In this case of my, my parent. Yeah. Um, yeah. She was still able, like you don't to retire at 48 and she was highly successful. She was in politics and, and our little, you know, city here and all kinds of things. But that, that statement that, you know, it's always the edge of madness is as a workaholic that she was and mm. a perfectionist that she was, if things didn't work out exactly as she planned them to, it was utter hell for her. So I didn't yeah. want to get that same experience. I just want to go through the journey and appreciate everything, including the figures. Uh, and the reason for that is um, I myself have had many failures. Mm. However, I don't take them personally. I use them as a challenge to do better for myself. Yeah, that's that's a wonderful lesson that that you learned and and i think uh what i love about that story is you obviously have an awareness now you can see why you know your 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 mom struggled with that did you did you have that empathy at the time or do you remember when that penny dropped for you and you and you understood uh, i guess some of the reasoning behind um why you know she struggled so much with failure um I did have that empathy at the time because again, I mean, when you're fully dependent in one person, you, you understand that you have to have that empathy. You have to have that faith that they're going to be successful. Um, Cause you, you know, you're in full dependence of them. Yeah. Uh, when I was young, I used to say, why aren't you like other mothers? Why, why do, why can't you cook and clean and be like a normal mother? And she would get so mad at me. And now, personally, I understand having four children myself exactly what she <laughs> what she went through. So I've come full circle in so many different ways that it's 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 really funny. Um, but yeah, I have a a tremendous appreciation for what I was given. Yeah, and and I love your perspective on failure. Uh, Tim Ferriss, who I love his podcast, uh, the Tim Ferriss Show. He has a great question that he asks, which is, um, you know, to, for people to share their favorite failures because he tries to really push that idea that you know we need to change the way we see failure. So I'd love to pose that to you, with your different perspective on failure. As you reflect, are there any moments where you look back and and you drop the ball or you uh, you weren't able to to get something that you thought you were going to get, but you've been able to look back on it and see it as a really pivotal uh, foundational uh, moment for good for you in, in your life and, and it's really taught you some lessons? 
Oh yeah, most definitely. I think my most pivotal moment came during 2008. Um, at that time, I was at AIG Auto, and of course, everyone knows that that's also the moment where there was a huge economic crash, right? Um, so mm. I had always been an insurance since like 1997. So <laughs> I was still in insurance. And at that time I was going after a permanent position since a lot of the company was sold to other companies. And um, I had an interview with an individual who told me, that's right. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And I was like, hold on, that's not what I said at all. I'm telling you that, you know, I've been here for seven years. I've done this. I've, you know, gone up the ladder. And the whole reason that it was a failure is because I didn't get the position because I did not have a degree. So mm. at that point, I went back to school. Wow. And I completed my bachelor's in accounting with a minor in economics, an MBA with a specialization in information technology <laughs> and then an MPA because I wanted to get into local government, which was another rejection <laughs> I got. So um, yeah, basically my entire rejection career-wise back then, which again, it's, it's so long ago now, right? It's truly laughable. It's a, it's a, it's a gift in the way that, you know, now nobody can tell me it's because I don't have education. <laughs> that's incredible right. wow. yeah. that's really a story of how you took that and you turned it around and that's a list and a half that you went and um yeah in five years I completed all that while working you know 80 hour weeks two wow. jobs and four children yeah <laughs> I have no words that's in that's incredible um and uh, and so through your career after you did that and you've and you've done these studies and uh, what about um, any mentors? Are there any leaders that you've had the privilege to be led by, or you've been part of their team, or you've watched a, a, from a bit further away and just really uh, the way they've led has really stood out to you, um, and, and they've been you've just watched them and thought that's the sort of leader I want to be. Oh, most definitely as well. I mean, again, it also starts at this um, AIG auto position that I had, um, because again, we were going through the whole transition of being sold and um, everything getting restructured because of the situation. Um, my direct manager at the time um, made a deal with the other management uh, within the building. And you know, little by little, everybody was getting laid off. It was inevitable. Um, he, however, managed to keep his entire team intact by doing what all the other managers could not do, and that was give everyone their little severance package, uh, wow. manila folder. Yeah, so in the end, uh, he said he wouldn't do it if his team was touched. And so I think that that's very important when it comes to corporate positions in general. You need to know who your team is and you need to have your team's back because they'll have your back if, you know, wow. things occur. Was there any, so how did you do that? Was there anything 
like obviously he just said i will not do this unless um but was there anything else in in how he led and how he was able to get through that that, that you remember like what was it that he did that other managers weren't able to do basically tell it like it is you know first off he was taking care of all his, his people second he was making sure that we were all securing jobs along the way as time passed we knew that we were going to be there till the end we had like job fairs we had all kinds of things occur to make sure that everybody had a secure position as we were leaving um so it was just wow. all the extra effort and in his case he didn't even need to work like <laughs> he came from a family where they had a successful restaurant business wow yeah so it was he literally could have just left the day that he knew everything was done but he stuck around and made sure he got the whole team through it. Right. And all that has to do with, you know, personal responsibility and your ability to really touch other people and understand what they need. Hmm. That's a beautiful story. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it reminds me in this podcast, how much every, nearly every episode, this comes up, which is what you just described. Great leaders that people remember that like, like for, you know, and if leaders want to leave a legacy and want to be remembered, it's worth stopping and realizing Gloria just mentioned this leader. So this is someone who's had an influence on you years down the track. You remember him. And what did he do? He had his people's back. You know, he had their back. He had their best interests at heart. He went into bat for them and, and we remember and it makes a mark on us when a leader does that for us. And I think it sounds obvious, but leaders, entrepreneurs, managers, you know, uh, CEOs we need to realize that if you want to leave a legacy like, uh, like he did um, with you and, and be brought up in these sort of contexts, when people say who, who is a leader you love, then you need to find a way to have your teams back, go the extra mile and, and, and go into bat for them. Yes, definitely. Now, with that situation, um, the way I ended up is somebody that I knew 10 years back, also in an insurance, found me on LinkedIn and they're like, hey, we're hiring. So that was a whole other full circle. Like they remembered me as, you know, a noob back then um, <laughs> in insurance 10 years before. And they're like, hey, we're hiring. So I, that's very <laughs> rewarding too. You're right. Yeah. It's you just, you don't burn bridges, right? Like wherever you can, you, you do your best and you, and you take, I, I think as well, it's one thing to say, do your best, but as, as leaders, there's opportunities, like <laughs> there are definitely opportunities where you can throw people under the bus, either in the moment or when you're in the social setting and, and there's a, a juicy story of someone who really, you know, was dropped the ball somewhere or really just, at the time really might've irritated you the wrong way, but I always say it. And, and my wife, Liz, we always talk about this. It's like, don't burn bridges, keep wherever you can keep the relationship, prioritize the relationship, no matter what someone does to you, try to do the right thing by them. And it's amazing how um, often it's the best people, but it's amazing how those people, they come back down the track and you go, thank goodness. I never burnt any bridges there because that ended up being the most important thing in my life now, whereas 10 years ago, I thought it would never matter again. Right. That's exactly the point. I still keep in touch with people from 20 years back. I have people who remember me that I've impacted that I had no clue I impacted. Um, yeah. 
yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's great, Gloria. I, I love your story. I think it's such an inspirational story. Um, what about in more recent years? Are, are there any stories like what? What are your what what is one of your favorite stories from recent years as a leader like is there anything that comes to mind where for you it really sticks in your mind how you were able to to help someone in your team or or you just had a big win that for some reason comes to mind right now or you had a failure at, or as a team where you dropped the ball but you learned something any sort of stories from more recent years that come to mind oh sure um with COVID happening a full transition occurred at my prior um position where, you know, we all had to go remote. Well, some people feel more comfortable in a office setting because the contact that is involved, right? You can go to somebody's desk or somebody's office and ask a question because they're there. When you're doing remote work, it's not that simple. Yeah. Um, you don't have the face-to-face -face contact anymore. Um, sometimes you don't have video whatsoever in these calls is just like, you know, uh, an audio. But uh, you have to have a certain feel to when you know that somebody, especially as a project manager, because you have so many people that depend on you, when you feel that someone feels out of touch. And so with that said, I was always constantly communicating with everyone in my team and other teams just to make sure that they understood that they were supported and heard um, whether there was an office or not. And how did you, I think that's a great point. What, what did you do? What, what did you find that worked really well doing that remotely? Because that's, that's a big head scratcher for leaders at the moment is we've all gone, yeah, remote work. It's so good. We need to embrace it. Oh my goodness. It's really hard <laughs> uh, to lead in that context. What, what, how did you do that? Like practically, what did you find that worked for you, Gloria, as a leader? For me personally, well, we had a, a variety of different applications from WebEx to Slack, to Zoom, to Discord. I mean, all kinds of things. But personally, I would dial them on my phone and have a one-to-one -one conversation. Up to like two weeks after I actually finish this position, they were still calling me to make sure that I was okay. So that tells you as well, you know, mm. hey, they miss you. And for me, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm, everything's fine. You know, I'm <laughs> glad you're still doing great. I'll be fine. But, you know, they're still calling me to this very day to let me know, you know, hey, this is what's happening at work. And I'm like, okay, well, this is how you want to do this or how you want to decide on this other situation <laughs> yeah um so i'm like the mother for everybody <laughs> <laughs> no that's you know what i love i and you reminded me of this by telling that story there's a book called integrity by dr henry cloud and it's a really interesting book he defines integrity I'm, i don't have it in front of me but it's something like um uh, defines integrity as uh taking you know, I'm just going to Google it while I talk because otherwise I'm going to do a terrible job. But uh, the reason it came to mind is in this book, he talks about how leaders have, we leave a wake like a boat. You know, if you, you know how you have a boat that leaves it, you know, there's, you see the, you look behind and you see the ocean is all um, 
or the river is or like there's it's it, you know there's waves and that you know behind a boat and he talks about this idea of what's your wake behind you as a leader like don't just look ahead and forge ahead you know actually look back and go what, what am I leaving behind me are there turbulent waves that are people are screaming and trying to get out of the way of have I left um, you know, what sort of messes have I left behind me? What I love about your story you just described is I think the ultimate wake that's that's great for um, for all of us and really what we want to, to see is exactly what you described. It's when the people on our teams are saying, wait, I know you're not officially... <laughs> My leader anymore but from behind the boat you know you see there's we've actually made an impact on people's lives rather than leaving disasters and 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 pain behind us we leave people behind us who say i still want to connect because you really had a good impact on my life absolutely i think that goes along with like what robert greenleaf stated once and that was that he found that thinkers are often removed from influential positions um through his career experience. And mm. for me, I took that saying and okay, I'm not CEO, I'm not CIO, I'm not the CFO. I'm a project manager. Yeah. But mm. I am as influential as the CIO, CFO, or CEO. Yeah. Because of the impact that I have directly with everybody. <laughs> Hundred percent, and that is leadership, and that's why you know I, I I haven't really found a better definition than what John Maxwell talks about about how it's leader leadership is influence, and you're a hundred percent right. We all look at the positions and um, look at the job titles, and you know maybe maybe not so much now, but a while back the corner office. If I had that office, it's like that that doesn't matter. Like <laughs> positional authority is the is the first you know the first level. You know, as I think um, once again John Maxwell talks about levels of leadership and it's it's level one it's 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 really like and that's what i love about your perspective if you can and someone else on the podcast recently i can't remember who it was they said this great thing about realizing you know coming to terms with leading leading based on what you can do not not what you um, would like to do but actually just going what can i do who can i influence right now and and i feel like that's something i really need to learn more of is going what you know what what can i do today i know jono's got plans and dreams for what he could do in 10 years time but who am i getting you know to talk to today who can i influence today in my job if i'm a ceo cio project manager i'm a graduate or i'm a student um you know i'm a teacher whatever my role is who can i influence today and if i can if i can take responsibility for that invest in them and leave a good wake behind my sort of boat in terms of how i'm influencing that person then I'm going to, I think partly you, you sort of, from there you almost can't fail because you'll be successful. If you help enough people go, but they want, you end up getting what you want, which is a great Zig Ziglar quote. And um, that whole idea of just caring for others, it, um, it's, it's not only the right thing to do, it's not only like the right thing to do by others, but it's also just a really great philosophy as well. Even if you look at it from the point of being successful, I think. Yeah. Now for me, I'm, I'm from a culture called the Bosque culture. And mm -hmm. so my last team, I left them with a word in Bosque, which is Arjibade, which basically in my language, there are no words for information. Arjibade means is um, basically let the light show you the way. Mm. So go the way of to the light. Um, so 
to me, what that means is always follow through to the very end in anything you do or anything mm. you set up yourself to do. Um, yeah, information beautiful. key, you know, <laughs> aside, once you set a goal, <laughs> make sure you complete it. And I think that's one of the things that many people have a hard time doing as well. Like, mm. okay, well, I want to do this. I want to be that. But through the path, somehow they get misguided and go somewhere else. But that might actually be the path that was meant to be. Yeah, that's beautiful. How do you how do you say it again? What's the phrase in your language? IGB there. That is beautiful. I love that thought. Um, and what a lovely what a lovely thing to leave with uh, with your people. Uh, it's just so lovely to get to know you, Gloria, and hear how you lead. Let's. Um, I, I really want to ask you these questions, Leadership Express questions, because I think you're going to have some really interesting answers, and this is a lot of fun. So, are you ready? Yes. Go ahead. Okay, firstly, what is a book that you've gifted to other people? I have gifted so many journals. <laughs> so, yeah, the reason for this, I think that everybody wants to read other people's story, but I think that everybody has a strong story to um, evaluate about themselves. So I want everyone to jot down the ins and outs of themselves and as much as you know, listening to others, they need to listen and contemplate upon their own person. But um, as far as like, like a that. professional or published book, I would say the Journey to the East by Herman Hest. Hmm. Journey to the East by Herman Hest. I love how you flipped that around as well. That's great. What's a book that you've gifted a journal? It was someone in, in a re another episode recently, they shared that I said, what's a great piece of advice? you've received and they said well it's a great question someone asked me and I was like oh that's another good one you know it's always I love it when a when a, I ask someone a question and the journal I haven't had that one before but I love that you're so right and um I talk about this a, a little bit uh but have you come across uh Andrew Huberman the Huberman Lab podcast have you come across any of his work no I haven't yeah, I'd highly recommend it. And the reason I mention it, he's a neurobiologist, I think, neuroscientist, neurobiologist. And I, I think he talks about um, in his podcast. So he he's sort of like, um, I really love his work around productivity and, and leadership and, and health, you know, sleep, but from a neurobiological sort of perspective. And, and he has some really interesting things about journaling and about you know, what happens when, like, why is it that it's such a, so effective for us, not only in sharing our story, but also in clearing our thoughts. And, and so it's one thing to know those things, right? Like, because they help us and we go, that's helpful. But I love his podcast because he unpacks the science behind it. And it's like, oh, uh, particularly around things like sleep. That's a, I've gone down a tangent now, but I've, I'm fascinated by for leaders, I, I love, you know, saying to leaders, if you took your sleep as seriously as you take your strategic plan or your, you know, <laughs> then because, you know, it, it's, it's so significant and he unpacks the science of that, but I think he, he covers some of the elements in journaling too. Like how do we, what is it about when we say, you know, do a process like that, that what's it actually doing in our brain and why is that so helpful? So anyway, that just came to mind. Um, for anyone who's who loves journaling but wants to understand why some of the science behind it, that's a fantastic podcast. Amazing. I'm going to definitely look him up. Oh, you'll love it. It's one of my favorites. Speaking of great podcasts, do you have um, uh, any that you would love to recommend, any that you're enjoying listening to, 
And, and of course, also feel free to mention any of your own, you know, I, I really want to, you know, direct everyone to you and anything you do as well. So as you answer these questions, anything of yours, Gloria, feel free to mention it, but any, any podcast that you're loving at the moment. Oh, right now I'm actually loving live feeds um, on Twitter. I mean, there's so, so many great mm. people out there around <laughs> the world. I just want to be heard, you know? Yeah. So yeah. as far as my personal, like, state of, you know, anyone being better than anyone else, I, I can't even state that. Like, my personal list is so diverse that, you know, one moment I could be listening to Joe Rogan, the next... I'm listening to George Nori, you know, reruns. And I'm just like that oddball who likes to truly expand themselves into even things that are of discomfort to me. <laughs> that's a good answer. And that's legitimate. I've had someone else answer similarly, and I think it's a great answer. Um, that, and that's, uh, that's really great that you approach it that way. I love that. What's a recent leadership lesson you've learned for the first time or been reminded of? Oh boy. Well, I had a complete team of individuals who look forward to my presence every single day until recently. And like I said, you know, I still keep up with them and reach out if, as I can uh, around my schedule. So the impact of building relationships long-term has been seri a serious lesson or also very reassuring that what I'm doing is mm. the right thing. I love that. Yeah, that's great. And it's so true. Uh, and I think connection is something that leaders underestimate. Uh, you, you know, I find myself coaching leaders and you'd be surprised at how often one of the things that I encourage people to do is get out of their office more, you know, where, where they're in a physical office environment and they can actually be there, um, but um, get out of their office more and just go and connect with their people intentionally. And it sounds ridiculous, but particularly when people are great individual contributors and highly skilled and, you know, and, and with 50 things on our plates, but you just can't replace and you can't over, you can't exaggerate the importance of connection with your people. Right. And I mean, especially in full awareness, you know, like actively listening and getting to know individuals. Yeah. There's nothing like it, is it? People are, people are precious and it's, um, it's uh, and it's funny how it sticks with people when you do something small and take that moment, be fully present. Uh, you know, I heard this funny, this funny thing that really stuck with me and I don't really understand it, but it, for some reason it might just be a Jono thing, but it's from this book about being charismatic. It's like the whole point of the book is that anyone can be charismatic. We can learn to have charisma. It's not just something that people have or don't have. And they, they define charisma. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I, I find it very interesting. They define charisma as uh, being confident, um, and you know, so if someone wants to develop their charisma, even with just how they say present publicly and, you know, then it's, it's actually just being really confident. Uh, what's the second one? Um, or I, I think being, oh, that's right. Thinking the best of someone. So I'll tell all three because I started sharing this now, but in this, in this book, uh, the author who I can't remember the author's name, but if people look up charisma, um, book, it, it should come up. It's pretty well known. Um, but the, the author gives these three sort of tips around things you can do to be more charismatic and they're going to sound silly, but I've, I found it helpful. So I'll share it. Um, the confident one is when you're about to walk into a room, particularly for introverts to imagine, imagine yourself as like a gorilla that's about to run through the room. And I know that sounds so ridiculous, but the mindset 
in terms of say you're about to go on stage and you imagine, okay, if I was a gorilla about to run on stage and just like be ridiculous and then just to walk with that confidence. Okay. That's one. And that's, I don't really do that much because, well, I, I, I probably, that's not an area that I lack as much as confidence, but for me, being present is something I've struggled with. And they talk about one of the three is that ability to be present. And that people who have that charisma, when they, they capture you in a conversation, as an example, because they're so present. And this is the one that really stuck with me. As I said, the author said, imagine when you're with someone that you're like, see your brain going down through your body and into your big toe and just rest it there on the ground. And I was like, what on earth? This is the weirdest but it's funny. I do this. And so sorry to people that I've been in meetings with who now you're thinking was John putting his brain into his toe. But I, when I struggle to be present, you know how you're sitting with someone or even virtually you're sitting with someone, right. And, or on the phone and you, you find your mind wandering. I've done this and I don't know why I don't understand it, but it really has helped me to like bring myself really present into the room to just be focused on that one moment putting your brain into your big toe. There you go. Never thought you'd hear that on a leadership podcast. Oh, and I should finish the third thought. And this is, this is a nicer one. It's less weird, um, which is thinking the best of people. Right. And, and they talk about uh, the author says, you know, imagine people have angel wings and they've got those angel wings because they've done something really good. Even if, you know, sometimes we get a vibe from people and it's like it's for different reasons, maybe we don't necessarily like, like connect with them as well as with other people initially, but imagine they've got this set of angel wings because they've done some incredibly amazing thing in their life at some point. And those angel wings are because they, they're an incredible person. And, and that for me, once again, it's just a funny little mindset thing that puts a smile on your face and helps you to see this person who maybe they have slighted you recently. If there's someone that you work with, or maybe you just don't have the best vibe with them. Naturally, you can actually change in that moment and just choose to really assume the best of them, which is what um, they talk about in the book, charismatic people do really well. Yes, and I think you brought a great point when it comes to you choose how you're going to react to something. Yeah. That's very, very important. Now, statistically, you know, brown hair and brown eyes tend to have uh, a natural ability to get people to open up they're considered the trustworthy uh, characterizations of individuals. Mm. So I've heard some of the craziest stories <laughs> from <laughs> people that you would never believe, you know, wow, you know, but I guess I, I'm lucky in, in that sense that, you know, people do tend to open up to me eventually. <laughs> yeah, if it's a strong character or not, or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's a gift, particularly in leadership. Um, so what's a great piece of advice that you've received? If you think back, life doesn't have to be about leadership, but a great piece of advice someone's given you at one point. Never take anything personally. We're all like wanting what we believe we most deserve. And mm. even though it is competitive, we all eventually get what we've worked hard for. Mm. Don't take anything personally. That's good advice. The world would be a better place if we all did a bit, a bit more of that, I think, Gloria. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about a movie or TV show that really impacted you? Uh, well, I have a quirk. So every year I watch The Last Time I Saw Paris. And 
what I understood, uh, I've, I've been doing this since I was in 1988. So <laughs> I understood at an early age that some things are much more important than money. You know, a lot to other people, it's money, fame, power. Um, but I've learned and seen through the external experience not to be capricious in regards to relationships of any kind. And if you are going to devote your life to something, do so without any regrets and within reasonable understanding that life will throw curveballs. Yeah, yeah, that's good. What what was the movie again? The last time I saw Paris. The last time I saw Paris. Oh, yeah, great recommendation. And Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> every year since 1988, did you say? Yes, I watch wow. it every single year. I love that. That's um, I don't really have anything that I watch every year um, like that. That's beautiful. I, I uh, as I probably have watched multiple times, one of the things I've watched multiple times, which I've mentioned multiple times on the podcast is Band of Brothers. If anyone um, enjoys war movies, um, that's that's a mini series that is just, uh, oh, it's just like it's full on. And when it comes to building a team and leadership and poor leadership, like through that series, it's it doesn't get much... Um, just the production and the true stories because it's true stories from the war. It's just, um, but yeah, I haven't, that's something I would consider watching every year, right? Like Lord of the Rings might be another one, but that's more just because I, it's the story so good. But um, the last time I saw Paris, beautiful, great recommendation. Okay. The thing about that is like, yeah. you know, the situation within that story, it can be adapted in every environment and every situation. So uh, basically the keynotes is think long-term, do short-term and evaluate constantly where you stand. Mm. Yeah, that's that's like, phew, that's um, <laughs> that's sort of a great leadership business 101 as well. If, you, if we could all yeah. do that a bit better, that's great. I love that takeaway. That's gold. Okay, last question. Um, if you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say? A leader is not always the boss. A leader is a service-minded individual that sees not just the end goals for a corporation, but demonstrates them and they can manifest through leading by example without a constant, I am the leader mentality. We are all in the same boat together in different roles and those positions are constantly shifting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's wonderful advice for a young leader. And I think, you know, anytime that you feel like you need to remind people of your role and your title stop and do what Gloria just said, you know, look at, okay, how can I, how can I serve and support these people and how can I model it? You know, um, which all this stuff sounds so simple, doesn't it? But it's, it's really hard to do. It's easy to talk about. It's hard to do, but model it. You know, if you want, it's so funny, isn't it? How we go, Oh, and my team, I really want people to be more, I really want to have a higher standard of excellence. Well, what are you modeling? You know, how can we, how can we model that if we can take what we're modeling to another level and if we can get in there and support and say, how can I serve you? Like, what can I do to help? How can I support my team and my people? You know, that's, they're two great things you can do to move forward. So that's wonderful advice, Gloria. Love it. So if people want to find you to connect in terms of LinkedIn or Twitter, what's the best way for people to connect with you online, Gloria? Um, um... LinkedIn, I'm Gloria Nassich, and that would be my more professional life. <laughs> then on Twitter, it gets more controversial with my posts and, you know, a little bit of law and traction, a little bit of esotericism, politics, all that stuff. And um, <laughs> uh, Lyran Empress 
at Laren Impress on Twitter. Yeah, great. I love that. No, it's good. It's um, I, I think, you know, polarizing is good. And one of the things I really want to, um, you know, do more and more is to break down echo chambers and to meet with and learn from people who completely disagree with me about things. And so I think one of the things we need to do, and, and I believe the people who are listening to this podcast are probably going to be wide a bit like this is, is to, uh, you know, connect professionally with people like you, but also um, I think it's always a good reminder if some people are just going to gel exactly with what you say over, over on Twitter, some people are going to disagree and that's great because that's what we all need more of because if we can break down our echo chambers, I think sometimes we can, um, we can really improve how we think about things. So I, I think it's great that you are putting some polarizing content out there over on Twitter. Um, and if that's not someone's cup of tea, then LinkedIn's the place to find uh, to find Gloria and connect with her professionally there. Because as you can tell from this podcast, she's very lovely to talk to. <laughs> so um, wonderful. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. This has been such a great uh, chat with Gloria. I, I think one of, one of my favorite stories so far in terms of Gloria's uh, background and, and her philosophy on leadership has been lovely. Um, don't forget for our listeners, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast, where I give you tips on, you know, how do you cast vision, build a high performance team? Um, you know, how do you, what's the difference between a great leader and, and a bad leader? Like, why are some people good leaders? All sorts of stuff like that. And the leadership question of the day, where I put a stone in your shoe, ask you a different question every day to challenge you as a leader. Um, but I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Gloria for being so generous with your time. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's past 10 o'clock at night where you are. So you're being very generous with your time. <laughs> and, uh, but this has been so much fun and your story is amazing. And, uh, and also your, your wisdom and thoughts around leadership has been really uh, refreshing. And I think it'll really encourage a lot of listeners. So thank you, Gloria. Thank you, Jano. And I hope that we get to speak again in the few months or years and see where we end up. That's part of the journey itself is such a wonderful experience. So I wish you the best. And I think you have so much potential with your podcast and what you're doing as well. Thank you. You're very kind. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. 
We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. And uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this, I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O. White, or clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O. White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.